0: So millennials saw the biggest score improvement amongst all the other generations in 2020. I'll talk about that and plus more on the new episode of the Joe Credit Show. So before I begin, I know roll eyes, millennials. uh, you know love them or hate them. Um, I'm a millennial, and uh, you know we, uh, our group, my 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 uh, my generation did see. Um, the biggest jump in score improvement in 2020 in the light of the pandemic. And so we'll talk about that. I'll even share kind of my observation and how that happened, why that happened, so on and so forth. Um, this video is going to be just, just sharing some data with you, so if this is boring information, feel free to tune out. If you do care about this information, interested in these stats, then stay tuned. I'll go ahead and go through that. So this information, let me just kind of reference by sourcing um, where I'm getting this information. So it came from Experience 2020 Consumer Review. Um, this, this data is based on FICO scoring, so it's not based on Vantage scoring. Vantage scoring is like Credit Karma, which is a, a company that does provide Vantage scores to, to the public. Um, so it's not Vantage scoring, it's solely based on FICO scoring. Also, the study did not specify if other bureaus were used, um, and, and it didn't specify what score model was used. Is it a FICO mortgage, auto, which version was it? I think it might have just been FICO You know, in general, probably an overall uh, look or overall study on all different FICO scores. Um, and, and I would say it's probably just Experian only since the study was done by Experian. Uh, so now that is out of the way. That data is out of the way. And I don't mean that to water down the the information I'm getting ready to share. Um, but I say that just so you know where this data is coming from and I'm not, you know, sharing misinformation or information that um, is not is not correct. So so let's break down the ranking. So there's, there's five groups um, of generations. The first the first place is the Millennials. So millennials, their score in 2019 was a 668. So the average FICO score in 2019 was 668. In 2020, the average FICO score was 679. So the millennials saw an average of 11 point increase in 2020. Um, and by the way, millennials, um, for those that don't know, the age group for millennials is ages 24 through 39. That is the millennial generation. So they rank number one. So the millennials saw an average 11 point increase in 2020. One thing also that that I'm leaning to to believing in the study or since it's an experience, experience sort of the the leader in this alternative data space where they're collecting alternative data like uh, your, your Netflix account, being able to score that or get that data on the credit board and score it. Um, your 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 utility accounts, your telecom accounts, getting that on your Experian credit report, and scoring that. Now again, this those types of accounts impact the newer versions of, of FICO. I believe FICO FICO eight or FICO nine and newer. So it's possible that if the FICO scores were either this this study was done by the newer versions of FICO, um, and again it's with Experian, then of course a lot of people, especially millennials, um, of course took advantage of that ability to add alternative types of data to to the credit report. You would expect that as opposed to maybe baby boomers or Gen X, I think Gen X or even Gen Z um, did take advantage of that as well, but I think the millennials saw the biggest score improvement if in fact Experian, this study included those alternative types of data, also known as Experian boost into the equation. So I just wanted to throw that out there that that is also a possibility. So the second place uh, generation was Generation X Um, Generation X started off with a 688 score in 2019 and finished off with a 698 score in 2020. So they saw a 10 point average um, improvement um, in this generation. Generation X is age group 40 through 55. So not far away from millennials, really one point shy. So it's not like a big difference. So, you know, the uh, generation um, X did see some score improvement as well. Um, they are 10 point average compared to the millennials, which had 11 point average increase. Uh, third place was generation Z. So generation Z is age groups 18 through 23. Uh, Generation Z had a 667 score in 2019, finished off with a 674 credit score in 2020, so they uh, saw an average of seven-point increase in that generation. Fourth place were the Baby Boomers. Baby Boomers actually started off with a 731 average credit score in 2019, finished off with an average score in 2020 of 739, so they saw an average score increase of five points. Uh, baby boomer baby boomers are age groups 56 through 74 and then last but not least was the silent generation They came in fifth place Um, average score was 757 in 2019 they finished off with a 758 score um, in 2020 so one point increase and that's going to be the age group of 75 plus so some of my observations from this is that, you know, age groups over 50, 56, so baby boomers and then the silent generation, and they have a really high average credit score in this age group. You know, I, typically, we, you know, I guess what we saw here was mid to high 700s. Um, age groups 18 through 55, which are going to be your Gen Z, your Gen X, your, your, your millennials, um, you know, average credit score overall mid to high 600s. Um, so it's, you know, in, in, in general, stepping back and looking at that, at each age group, each generation did see, you know, on, you know overall a score improvement. Um, that actually is, is good news and gives at least me, uh, me confidence that the, uh, you know, the consumer is resilient. Uh, the consumer will, will plow through the pandemic. The, you know, the consumer, will, the average consumer will continue to pay bills on time, continue to manage their credit well um you know no matter what the obstacle is and stay responsible throughout you know throughout the you know the duration of the pandemic now i get it you know some people were were severely impacted to where they didn't really have that luxury um and so it's hard to go out to them um but you know this is really really you know good news to see that you know quite a bit of people kind of you know plow through and make sure you know to maintain all that um so you know some quick tips going into 2020 if you are, you know, and just kind of kind of piggybacking on the pandemic, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these things are going to be expiring from the CARES Act, uh, the accommodations, uh, you know, the grace periods, things like that. So one thing to be prepared for and get ready for is, you know, getting back to to the habit of paying bills on time. You know, make sure that if you have a payment that's coming up, don't forget it. You don't want to have a slip up and go have a 30-day late payment reported and you because you completely forgot. Make sure that you have a, uh, revisit of all your outstanding credit cards or bills and things like that and make sure you have auto pay set up or make sure everything's ready to go for payments that are coming up uh, make sure you don't forget that also if you've been going to your credit cards during this pandemic um, and things are better for you and back on track make, your, make sure you have a budget or some kind of plan to get back and paying your credit cards back down, so your score doesn't suffer, you know, in the long run. So make sure you know to be able to do that, and of course check your score, check your credit report periodically. You know, look for any potential late payments that may have been reported that shouldn't be there. Maybe you do have a deferment in place or an accommodation in place, and that creditor, that lender, reported you late when they shouldn't have. You obviously want to argue that. You want to bring it to their attention, demand that they remove the late payment. So periodically check your credit report for any, you know, anything that's inaccurate, or anything that's questionable, and be sure to to you know, to bring that up, whether it's with the credit reporting agencies or with the data furnishers, which are like the creditors, uh, debt collectors, bring it up with them directly if there's any kind of misreporting that happened to your credit report. Today, we're going to talk about these new debt collector rules that are on the horizon, which may force them to contact you more on social media. So we'll unpack these new rules, how they apply to you, how to get ready for that. We'll unpack all that and more on a new episode of the Joe Credit Show. So before I begin, I want to remind everybody this information I'm going to go over is not legal advice, not financial advice. If you need the advice of one of those professions, seek them in your area, as well as if you like this video when we're done with it, be sure to give me a thumbs up. Like this video. I do appreciate that. And if you have any questions regarding this material, drop them in the comment section or any feedback you have. Drop them in the comment section. We we'll definitely appreciate all the feedback, all the questions. I would love it. And uh, last but not least, if you want to stay up to date on all the credit related material that's out there, uh, be sure to subscribe to my channel, whether you're on my podcast or you're on YouTube or Instagram. Be sure to subscribe so you get up to date information. I definitely would appreciate that. Okay, so let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, there are some proposed changes on the horizon um, put together by the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And some of these proposed proposed changes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into it. I'm going to talk about what these changes um, are going to look like. Nothing is set in stone yet, but it is, it is looking to be um, I guess, officialized, if I can say that, you know, by by the end of December. So this looks like to be, you know, a thing that is on the horizon. So I want to talk about that and we talk about how to prepare for that. So number one, debt collectors must use a specific voicemail um, language or message for when, they're, when they're calling someone to collect. So, you know, that means that there has to be like a uniform type of message, a specific type of message they're going to be leaving on voicemails. Um, if your guys, you know, are getting some some debt collectors calls, you know, calls now, they're kind of different, or maybe they're intimidating. Look for that to kind of die off. There'll be a specific message you're gonna have to follow when leaving voicemails. Um, debt collectors they won't be able to use the same exact message template on text messaging or emailing, um, which does mean that debt collectors are going to be able to communicate by email and text. Uh, I know some of you guys may already be receiving text messages or emails from debt collectors. Um, if you're not, um, be on the lookout for that to to pick up because of some changes that that are coming. Um, debt collectors they must ensure um, by email, and if they're going to email you and text you, they do have to make sure that you know you are that person on on the other end. Didn't really specify how they're going to do that, but somehow they have to verify you are that person on the other end. Maybe they'll send an email to click to confirm it is your email address or a text message um, to confirm that it is you. So we'll see how that will play out. And another thing is that debt collectors are going to be able to use social media uh, to contact you. So, you know, be on the lookout for debt collectors to increase their text messaging, their emailing and their social media DMs, their direct messages um, because of these proposed laws changes. Because what's happening is that the CPB is putting more pressure on the debt collectors to no longer pursue the heavy phone call effort. So the debt collectors are going to be no longer able to place more than seven calls within a seven day period. So, you know, generally, probably right now, I do believe that a lot of third party debt collectors are pretty aggressive. They may call two or three times a day and uh, look for that to kind of die off because they're not going to be able to place more than seven calls within a seven day period. And that, that also means if you're a consumer and you pick up the call and it's a debt collector, let's say it's attempt number six, they called you six times and on the seventh time they finally caught you and they got you on the phone and you have a short conversation with them. Um, and it's within, you know, the, the, it's under the seven day, you know, period of time. They're not able to, they have to wait. They have to wait till they hit another, you know, fresh seven days before they can be able to contact you. So that's, those are some things to, to, to change there. And if there are any, you know, disobedience with this order, then it would be considered a violation of the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. So, a lot of things to 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 change here, and I want to talk about what does this mean for you as a consumer, what to be on the lookout for, because with these changes that that are on the horizon, there's going to be some things that you need to be pre- uh, be prepared for as a consumer. Some do's and do nots, so you know what what does look like. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to just let everybody know that if you are in the process. Of, of wanting to repair your credit, wanting to restore your, your, your good credit rating, but you're not sure where to begin, you're doing research online, you don't really know what to believe, you just don't have the time to really mess with this. Um, maybe you've also contemplated hiring a third party collect- or, or credit repair company, but you really don't know where to, to trust, you don't really know where to go to, a lot of information online, you don't know what to believe, and you're just kind of stuck. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to get unstuck. And the best way to do that is you go to my website, if you go to jochavaria.com forward slash links, I'm going to have helpful articles in there. I got guides, resources, free credit tips. I even have a credit monitoring service that I recommend that if you're going to repair your credit yourself, you need the proper credit monitoring website so you can track your progress, see your report from all three credit reporting agencies, not just two like Credit Karma, and know in real time what is going on with your credit. Also, if you would, want to just hire someone to do it or at least have a professional look at your credit report, there's gonna be a link in there to schedule a no risk, no obligation, completely complimentary credit review with one of my team members at the credit agents, which I personally train all of them. These guys are great. And what they're going to do is they're going to look at your credit report with you, break things down for you, explain how things work, point out the obvious errors and misleading information on your credit report, and talk about what the game plan is going to be to get that information corrected or removed from your credit report. So if you want to get unstuck and and get your credit moving in the right direction, go to joechavaria.com forward slash links to get helpful guides, Help for resources and schedule your no risk, no obligation, credit review by one of my team members at the credit agents. Again, joechavaria.com forward slash links to get unstuck and get on your way to better credit. Okay, so now let's talk about you know, what to do with these with these new debt collectors, uh, debt collector rules, you know, on the horizon. What does this mean for you and, and how do you get prepared for that? So obviously, you know, the 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 DMs can be kind of weird. Um you know, as as an avenue that that they have to to you know, pursue collection efforts, and I know the CFPB's intent is to make this a better experience for 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 a consumer, but I don't think they really understand um, the other side of the equation because many of them are Ivy League, uh, you know, graduates went to Ivy League schools, and they really don't know what it's like to be. Uh, on the opposite side of of a debt collector. So I I don't think this is gonna be very helpful because when you put these rules on the number of times that that a debt collector can call you by phone, that means there is gonna be an increase in text messaging and emailing. And if you give social media an avenue, then look for that to, to increase. And the other thing too is let's not forget that if you cut off all forms of communication from a debt collector also known as a cease and desist notice then you put them in a position to where the only way they can get your attention is to is to sue you and so this is something that i learned you know probably 15 years back when i got into the industry in the, in the debt settlement space is debt collectors are likely to sue if the debt amount is usually right around you know fifteen hundred dollars or more, and uh, of course they have like a like a weighted average or scale they're looking at to determine is this someone worth you know suing or is this someone that you know we maybe want to just sue them just to intimidate them to scare them and to get them to call that has kind of died down a little bit, but look for that to pick up a little bit more because of the, these these changes. So the average consumer if they're if they're getting text messages and emails and, and, and social media messages. Look for them to push forward to say, "Hey, stop contacting me. Don't contact me anymore." Because there are going to be a lot of opt-out, you know, scenarios. We'll say, Would you like to opt out of this communication? Most people are like, yeah, absolutely, opt out of this. I don't want to hear from it. And so, with if if you're on the opposite side of this and you cut off all forms of communication from a debt collector, look for the litigation part of it to pick up. Because in order for them to get your attention to to resolve the debt, you know, look for them to to sue you know, try to summons you to court. A lot of them will will file the lawsuit, but, you know, and they will pursue legal action. They don't want to, but they'll do it to sort of scare you into calling them. And if you don't call them and they have a good case and they go to court, and you just don't show up, then the judge generally will offer them or, or award them a default judgment, which they win by default. And in which case, if they win by default, they have a court order to pursue collection remedy. Um, and they can go the route of, of a bank levy, things like that. So you don't want it to get that far. And so, you know, just look for that. I would say with these proposed changes, try to do your best to keep an open log, open dialogue, know the rules of the game. If you know the rules, you know how to, you know how to play by the rules. You know what, what, what's, what advantages you have. Like for example, they can't, they can't contact you more than seven times within a seven day period. And if they contact you more than that, you have a potential FDCPA violation. You can forward it to an FDCPA attorney and you may have something there to pursue legal action against a a debt collector, maybe get the debt forgiven as part of your, of your settlement agreement. Uh, Again, no, Legal advice here. Talk to a licensed loan officer, um, <laughs> licensed attorney in your area to learn more about this and your rights as a, as, a, as a consumer. Um, but know the rules so you know exactly what they can and cannot do, so you can be best prepared for it. Um, I would be very cautious about cutting cutting all forms of communication off from the debt collector because you don't want to pursue the legal route and have them suing you, and then you you know forget all about it. You don't have time to go to court, and they win by default. That can, that can actually be an uglier mess. Uh, for you, so that's what I wanted to share with you in terms of what these uh, these new laws on the horizon, you know, that are coming. Um, they're not in, they're not in, you know they're not in motion yet, but they they plan to finalize this in, in December of 2020. So know the rules, do your research. I'll plug a link to, to this somewhere on my website or somewhere in the comment section. So I don't know where it's gonna be, but I'll put a link on that to read up more on that, or you can Google it as well. Um, but these are the changes that are, that are on the horizon. So it's best to know what these rules are gonna be so that when you're prepared and not caught off guard by it. Um, so again, I'm Joe Chavaria. This has been another episode of the Joe Credit Show. Hope you enjoyed this information. Be sure to like this video if you did. Let me know what you think in the comment section below, um, as well as provide me any feedback that you can in the comment section. If you like this information and you want to stay up to date, be sure to subscribe to my channel as well. I'm Joe Chavaria. I'll see you on the next episode. Of-